Welcome to the official Jets podcast. Eric Allen here in studio. Bart Scott is going to join us later, but we have a special guest. That is Jets special teams ace, Justin Hardy, who went back to Cleveland and did some damage against his hometown Browns. Man, I've been working in the National Football League for a long time. I've never seen a game like that in an improbable 31 to 30 victory. How are you feeling today? Oh, man, um, unbelievable, man. I, I wanted this feeling ever since I found out that we was playing the Browns. So I've been dreaming of this day. Um, I feel ecstatic, man. So happy. So um, <clears throat> so glad to get victory Monday and, um, you know, just do it against my home team. It's special. All right, so let's not bury the lead. Onside kick time. Corey Davis gets a touchdown, 66-yarder. There's a bust in the Browns coverage, so you guys yeah. are on the field quickly. Um, what is Boyer telling you guys in those couple seconds before you go out there on the field? Um, just telling us, like, just telling guys, like, hey, uh, you guys go, you know, um, like he told Will Parks to go hit, you know, hit the guy with the ball. And that's exactly what he did, just telling guys their direction. And uh, he had a few ball guys, like uh, I was one of the ball guys, even though I was the closest one to the kicker to the left, uh, still they would, you know, obviously get over there with uh, some speed and stuff. Um, so just giving direction, letting us, letting us know. It's funny because before they called a timeout, they was like, they, they going to that side. They was right. like pointing and saying that, and, you know, we let them know, and he was like, we're going to act like we're going to go to the other side, but we're still going to that side and, you know, got it done. You were crediting Will Parks a lot. Most after definitely. That. Yeah, so so tell me why he was song sung hero there. Um, because uh he literally said, you know, <laughs> I you know, I break us out um uh, kickoff and stuff and he literally was like, Yo, I'm about to hit this ball back in, go get the ball. Like he literally said that, like I'm about to go hit the ball back in, go get the ball, let's go home. And, you know, it's crazy. That's how it happened. So I, I definitely got to show my love and grace to my guy because, of course, I'm the one that get all the love. But I feel like he should be getting the same amount of love as me, as as well as Braden as well, because he kicked a hell of a kick. So, you know. How much do you guys practice that during the week? I think Braden said after practice mm -hmm. Wednesdays and sometimes yeah. Fridays or maybe yeah. vice versa. Yeah. So as as far as I know, the kickers they they probably practice it way more than we do. But as far as like alignment and all that kind of stuff, we do do it like once or twice a week. Make sure we are squared away, and uh, you know that's a time to you know not a time to joke around or anything. That's a time to you know because that type of stuff can win us the game. And obviously, it came into play and helped us win this game. So um, that's is it Critical is it moment. hard to simulate that in practice because out there in the field it's going to mm. be life and death like will yeah. said he, he's going to be taking care of bodies out there yeah. and you guys got to protect each other in practice yeah nah for sure um you know it's, it's definitely different you know uh you just believe in the guys you got out there and uh believe that you know the guys who you know the coach and the gm mate put on the team that they're gonna get the job done and you know we obviously had those guys on the field at that time Sure. How how cool was it? You we're talking about Will Parks here, his story. Like he gets released, he comes back on the practice squad, he's activated, and then he's a key contributor here on Sunday in your first win of the season. Man, it's it's crazy, man. I'm I'm glad he's still here. 
the whole building is. Glad you're still here, man. Uh, one of them guys who had a great camp, man, and, you know, been playing, you know, this year seven for him, been balling, and uh, glad I get to play with him again this, this season, you know, um, and I'm glad he's, like I said, still on the team with us, and uh, I know he's going to come up way bigger in this season for us, and, I, you know, I can't wait to watch him. You're a prideful group, special teams. How much did you guys want to make a statement against the Browns? After a couple mishaps against Baltimore, we know yeah. the extra point miss. Zerline, unfortunately, uh, missed that field goal, 45-yarder. Braden had a short punt in the second half. Yeah. Did you all come together as a group? And you are the guy. You are the captain of that group. Yeah. Um, you know, Boyer challenged us. Boyer challenged us to go out and do better to not cause any uh, penalties and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I believe we got one, um, and it, it was, wasn't was even, you know, I, I, in the field of playing stuff. But um, just just he challenges every single week to, you know, stop the returns, to create create an explosive, create some type of momentum play for us. And uh, at the beginning of the game, we was able to, you know, fake the punt and hit Jeff Smith. Mm -hmm. And that's something we've been practicing since last year. So just to watch it come to play, it was it was beautiful to see, and we also scored on that drive. And then um, you know special teams, Greg Zerline, you know he missed a few kicks last week. Everybody wrote him out, and he took it personal and went and got in the lab and got right, you know. And then Braden uh, comes out, he shanks a punt last week. Everybody right. you know wrote him off, and then he comes in and put a few balls in inside of the ten, and then also. Uh, throws a fake punt and also, you know, with the onside kick. So I um you know, I commend those guys and I commend, you know, all eleven of the guys who's on the field at that time and uh even, you know, Brandon Eccles and, you know, the interior line D line and linemen on the field goal block to mm -hmm. um force them to miss that. You know, I, I gotta, you know, commend all those guys, um for all the work, you know, just because, like I said, Boyer Holder holds us to a very high standard, and you know, we it's it's weekly. It's not something that you know. Of course, we we was a big part of the game win yesterday, um, but you know, weekly, you know, just like Cincinnati, ain't nothing gonna change. Like it's probably gonna get even harder. So I love it. You played wide receiver at Illinois. Are you in Boyer's ear at all, saying, "Hey, listen, Braden can pass the ball a little bit <laughs> to me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but you know, um, that's that's what Jeff Smith does. So I was, you know, glad I'm I'm a team guy. So whatever's gonna help the team win, man. If that's that's the guy to do it, I was glad to you know be out there. Man, how big of a play was that? Considering that Cleveland's first scoring drive, 90 yards, almost nine minutes off the game clock, and it looked like you were gonna have to. You get off the field and get back on defense there. And, of course, you go for the punt. He connects for 17 yards to Jeff Smith, and you end up in the end zone. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was special, man. Like I said, just a, you know, that's a sudden change play. And, uh, you know, the offense right back out there, drove down the field and scored, man. That's how you capitalize off a drive. That's complimentary football. And uh, I feel like once we start playing way more of that, way better complimentary football, you'll see a lot more wins around here, well, in which, which I expect. Yeah. What about Braxton Berrios? You guys had traction in the return game as well. Do you think yeah. it's just a matter of time before he's going to break another one? Special, man. <laughs> yeah, he's special. He uh, he always he, he got a different eye for it. Uh, one thing about him, he's consistent, uh, consistent on catching 
catching the balls and you know that some guys struggle with that type of stuff man i love brax i love his work ethic uh we definitely gonna try to take a few back this season some way somehow punt return kick return uh he definitely deserves to be in the end zone and you know it's up to us the blockers to make it happen uh, speaking of contributions from everybody, we could go up and down the roster and name a guy who put his best foot forward and their contribution helped you guys to victory. How about Ashton Davis, a reserve defensive back coming in? He got one defensive snap yesterday yeah, against the Browns. He comes man, up with an interception to yeah, seal the was, deal. Man, I was that was special, man. I was I was good, man. That's you know. Being being the best when the best is required, you know, and that's making a play when you're number called. That's that's what it's all about. How far away did you grow up from the stadium? About 15 minutes. Really, an inner city kid, right down the street, not too long. So I drove past the Brown Stadium probably a thousand times in my life. You know, um, just because it's right there, it's right downtown, um, and you know, I grew up being a Browns fan, still a Browns fan. They can win every other game <laughs> after this. I don't care. Uh, until we see him in the playoffs, but um, uh, it was it was special, man, to go out there in front of my family, in front of my friends. Uh, my high school coach was there, and just a lot of people I know just growing up, and uh, to be able to be the hero uh, for us and be like still be the whole entire hero, hero for them. Uh, it, it was special, a moment I won't ever forget. Um, I know my my dad was there. It was you know I came right wrote it up more perfectly than that, honestly. Uh, did you have an opportunity to speak to your dad before you boarded the buses? Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, what was, yeah, what was I, that moment like? I, I, I seen my family. They just, uh, they really just embraced me. They was, you know, they was happy and mad at the same time. <laughs> it was it was a funny, it was, you know, they were like, oh, man, you did that to us. But they were like, we glad it was you. So it was, uh, you know, one of them surreal moments and a moment I won't ever forget because I was like, wow, is this moment real? Like even before the game and, see some of them on the field with the pregame stuff man it, w it was just special just like to be home I, I haven't played at home since high school um at, at the Cleveland Brown Stadium I, I played uh my first year my senior year so to be able to do that and then you know uh I didn't even win that game so to be able to win this game you know 10 years later um it was like God had a higher purpose and you know this was my moment and I was glad that you know it was able to be there at that time. What's the mindset when the buses are rolling in? We took the long way to the stadium yesterday. Yeah. It wasn't the most direct route, but you see the lake and, and, and you're approaching the stadium. What's going on through your mind, a kid yeah. who grew up there? I was just smiling, man. I was like, wow, like this is where I'm really from. Um, riding past, you know, um, where I grew up from and everything, it was just like, wow. Like, I'm, I made it through all this. Like, I I got through all this. Um, just being from, like, the inner city is, you know, kind of was is very dangerous. And just to see where I came from and just to be able to, you know, I know how my city is about the Browns and um, just to see everybody out and um, just riding past. And then, like I said, just being able to just play in the game you know, even if I didn't even make a play, just playing in the game would have been very special. And, you know, fortunately, I got through healthy. Healthy, that's most important. And uh, so just how everything played out, man, it was it's crazy, man. Just like I said, just riding to that stadium. And it didn't, I, this was the first game ever in my life. It did not feel like an uh, away game. Yeah. It did not feel like an away how game. How many people did you have in stance? 
Um, not even including all the tickets that I gave away, uh, cause a lot of people bought their own. So my my people said about a hundred. A hundred. Yeah, from the city and. Uh, 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 you obviously a lot of noise after the game, but the moment you actually recover the fumble, how quiet was that for you? Uh, you're by your sideline, so I'm sure you're hearing those guys. Mm. But for the entire three hours, it felt like 80,000 strong. It was mayhem in there. Yeah. And then I was on the sideline thinking to myself, oh, my God, it is so quiet in here. Yeah, it was. it's crazy because um, I'm not even sure a lot of people know, um, but I, I forced the fumble on, on the punt, uh, the last punt that we had. And I got the ball out. They just got the ball back. So that's why I wasn't, like, you know, a big deal or anything. But, you know, that was another play that could have been the same kind of, you know, effect. Um, but, if, you know, of course, the onside, it's, it's just different because it's rare. They usually um, – so uh, I felt like that, that that forced fumble definitely could have been a play that changed the game. Um, obviously, guy wrote it differently. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it did happen the way it did because I was able to force a fumble and get a fumble recovery. So, it, But did you think it was stunned silence there? That, that's uh, the kind of way I interpreted the, yeah, it the was, crowd. It was like I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, could, I honestly couldn't believe it. It was – I know they was probably – I just – like when I went over to, you know, the sideline, the fans were just like in shock. Right. Like they just couldn't believe it. Like, wow, this – did not just happen, and I was like, "Yeah, it did." <laughs> uh, what do you think about Garrett Wilson's return Man. to a, a kid who played at Ohio State? Mm-hmm. He's got Ohio roots as well, even though he went to high school in Texas. But yeah. he, he said there's diff- something different in that Ohio air, and nah, I'm sure yeah, you can speak sure. to that for sure. And they, you know, they they showed it yesterday. You see how loud they were, uh, especially when they were winning. So they were <laughs> going crazy. Uh, yeah, Gary, we you know we talked about it because you know we got Ohio ties and stuff. So that that's my guy, and I you know I've been telling everybody, man, look out for seventeen. Like he, you know he he wasn't uh, able to showcase as much in preseason just because you know you don't really want to show too much because he different different guy. Then last week when he got out there, he showed what he could do, but uh, you know you know they got the ball in his hands, man, and you know he's special. That dude is special, man. He. He's special, uh, and just being uh, around some great receivers like a guy like Mike Thomas and uh, and 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 New Orleans Saints man, and they two totally different players, but right. just the way that dude, he's so athletic, man. He he's special, and I can't you know wait to watch his career just flourish because he he's humble too as well. It's not like he's like one of them ones. He's like oh I'm the, I'm the man. <laughs> like no, nah, he he be chilling like he. Be vibing, man. That's my type of guy. He's really got a good way about himself. There's no doubt about that. You play cornerback as well. What physical gifts does he have that keep DBs on skates? His separation. His separation at the top of the route is some of the best I've seen. And obviously, we see it when everybody like, oh, he's so open. That's because like his uh his separation he got so much separation from the defensive back and uh you know that's how you, you get open and you catch the ball in the league you get paid you know we all we all know that you make plays 
Um, so it's just it's just about consistency at this point, you know, being able to do it every week. The great ones do it every week. So, you know, that's that's what it's about. But he's had you know, he, he's held up his end of the bargain so far. So how how close is this group overall? We're talking about Garrett, talking about you, you're talking about Will Parks before. It it seems like not only is this is a talented group, but there's some real chemistry here amongst you guys, and it's only billing. Yeah, uh, yeah, we got a lot of guys who who want to win, man. We want to win. We want to, you know, do whatever it takes to win. Uh, some guys came from, you know, winning a lot of winning programs, even if it was in college, and uh, they know what. Like people just tired of getting disrespected. I know I am, man. Just tired of getting disrespected. They want to laugh at us. They want to say the same old just and all that and you know it's time to put an end to it and we only going only way to put an end to it, it is to win you mm-hmm. know it's not no not about no rah-rah speech or we're gonna do this to do that man it's about going out there on Sunday and proving it you know um each Sunday is a battle yeah you know uh you can be the worst team in the league playing the best and you know the worst team may beat the best just because it's any given Sunday so just coming out there with that with that dog mentality every single Sunday um, just trying to win, and you know we 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 building towards something special. Uh, we just trying to um, go to the playoffs, man. We, whatever we can do, you know we don't want to just settle for anything. You know we want to give ourselves an opportunity. How much does it help you considering where you started in the NFL? Obviously, a short stint with the Houston Texans, but then going to the Saints and playing with a team that has been so su- successful over the last 20 years. How much does that help you now inside a locker room where these guys are trying to get to a point where you have sustained success here? Uh, yeah. Um, helped me a ton, honestly, because I was able to go through it. I didn't have to hear about it. I was able to actually go through it. I was a- actually able to uh, witness it, be a part of it you know, work towards that. Um, it was fun, man, to, you know, go to the playoffs four years in a row. Should have had a Super Bowl, but it is what it is. Hopefully I can still get one in my career. That's what I'm praying for. Um, it it, it helped help so much just because, like, I'm, I'm telling guys through experience. I'm not telling them through he say, she say. Right. You know, I'm, I'm telling them about things that I've been through, things that I've watched to help us win you know, um, in the past and just trying to bring bring that. Um, so that's why I am a guy who, who do speak up um, just just because I don't, I want every the best for everybody in the building, you know, um, especially my teammates, man. Just want us, just want to get the best out of everybody and um, just trying to let them know, man, we all, we all we got. You're a passionate guy. When do you choose to speak up with your group? Is it Saturday night? Team meeting is it or is it Sunday morning when you're going to deliver something and how much comes from the heart and then also I mean spur of the moment as opposed to how much you're preparing for the week like what you're gonna what your message is gonna be. Um, I would say uh, probably more so during the week. Um, I um, I, I want to say I'm one of them guys who who just wants to just say something like the day before the game or the day of, you know, I, I would, but, you know, I, I like to get my message in during the week because I, I feel like that's most important, you know, just, you know, you got to work in practice. You got to, you know, you, that's what we get paid for, the work in practice, man. You know, the games is all fun. Like, yeah. That's where you, that's where you should be having fun at. Um, so I just try like getting guys, man, let them know like 
we like we need this, you know, in order to win this week and, you know, all that kind of stuff, man. And I, you know, I talk frequently to, to guys, man, just because, like I said, like we all we got, like, you know, um, every single time we go to battle, like it's, it's war out there, man, and uh, we got to have each other back. 17 one-game seasons, but how much can you take from yesterday and also, conversely, how much – and how quickly do you have to turn the page? Because you got the Cincinnati Bengals, who are going to be a hungry team coming to MetLife Stadium yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, um, you know, um, you were in 24. I remember my boy uh, Cam Jordan used to say uh, for the New Orleans Saints, he used to say 24-hour rule. 24-hour rule. You enjoy it. Uh, enjoy the victory, just because they're they're rare um, in the NFL in general. And um, give now it's you know, on to the next. So, you know, you enjoy it for 24 hours, and now it's, you know, on to the next opponent. Um, and that's one thing I love about the NFL, man. It's Sunday, next Sunday up. You know, it's another opportunity, another opportunity to showcase everything, man. And I'm I'm excited to go uh, go against Cincinnati. It's some guys, you know, that I, I played with uh, in New Orleans with that, you know, my lifelong friends, but it's, it's we're on Sunday. When do you personally start jumping into that film of and looking at how the Bengals attack people on teams? Um, like Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Just get get my head start on on them Tuesday and um uh, go in throughout the go out throughout the rest of the week, you know, um <clears throat> put it put this, you know, film to bed with with the former game. I mean the game we just had yesterday because it's always something to correct there's always some you know mistakes out there you know nobody's perfect and then uh get to those guys man and uh just try to find any little try to find any little advantage i can and um on my opponent how personal do you take it because uh when a ball is kicked and if 34 isn't down there first I'm thinking to myself there's something there's something wrong here because <laughs> You close your eyes, you look, punt, kickoff coverage, there you are. Yeah. Um, I take I take it very personal. I take it very personal. I feel like it's my job, uh, uh, you know, to make those plays. Um, and, you know, of course, I'd be, always be happy for my teammates, man, but I, I want to make every play. That's just me. That's, you know, that's just the selfishness in me. That's the competitive competitiveness in me. Uh, I just want it all, man. I want to be the best. I want to, you know, uh, Get get what I feel like I've been, you know, deserving, and uh, it's no need to talk about it. But you know, it's I love to show you this Sunday, and every other Sunday after that, and I'm gonna keep going. I won't stop. I'm just hungry, man. I want dis different results this year for this team, for myself personally. I have my goals, and I won't stop till I get them. Can I ask you the guys that you look up to, whether they're your peers, special team standouts, or maybe guys in history yeah. that that you say? Because one person that Boyer always mentions when I speak about special teams is Matthew Slater, of course, yeah. with New yeah. England. Yep. So that's that's a guy guy I got a lot of respect for. Uh, about I think my second year, he reached out to me mm -hmm. actually, and uh, was just telling me how much he respect my game and stuff, man, and uh, was able to go against him this past season you know it's it just fun you know how your idols become your rivals and stuff uh definitely got a tremendous amount of respect for him uh Craig Robertson 
a guy who I learned from where I was at the New Orleans Saints who taught me, I felt like he, you know, uh, put, you know, emphasis on leadership and he, you know, spoke up and he was like, and I just used to watch him because I'm like, man, we got all type of Hall of Famers on this team, but we got a guy who's just a special teamer and he's the leader of the whole team. Like he's not the leader of offense or the leader of defense. We got Drew Brees who's been in the league for almost 20 years and Craig Robertson was the leader leader of the whole team. Mm -hmm. So just to actually witness that and be a part of that and, you know, I was able to, you know, see that and be, and feel that so um that's that's a guy I always look up to um when it comes to special teams man when it comes to leadership and going out there and proving it and doing it every single Sunday you know and uh not actually just talking about it just you know because I speak you know um you know I practice or after practice or I speak how I feel or when I, I'm not feeling something so you know when you speak you know people looking at you to see what you're gonna do how you're gonna respond like you doing all this talking, what you going to do on Sunday? Mm. So I just like to let, you know, I don't even think about it either whatever, after I talk because I know I'm going to do me regardless on Sundays, no matter who or what, anything. That's just who I am, and that's how I'm, who I'm going to always be. I just got that mentality. Um, that's just me. What kind of advice would you give some young kids growing up in Cleveland right now? About mm. making it, not necessarily making it in the National Football League, mm -hmm. but just. just excelling, taking something from when you're a kid to get to a point where professionally you're successful and you're succeeding, succeeding in life. Um, I would just tell them to uh, keep believing, keep pushing. Don't let anyone tell them that you can't do anything. Uh, keep fighting. Listen, listen. I feel like a lot uh, of the younger generation don't listen. Like everybody always has an opinion, but just 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 listening, you know, uh, learning learning protocol, learning, you know, uh, respecting your elders and all that stuff, man, and respecting your parents, man. Uh, just because they, you know, you're fortunate to have them, you know, you you just never know. So just uh, and just um, stand focused. Yeah, staying focused. There's so many distractions out here, so many dis distractions and uh, so many things to you know pull you off to the side and you know get you to go off the wrong track. But just you know, just staying focused, staying locked in, and uh, knowing what you want to do it for, man, and you know uh, making your ha family happy. And if anybody watched you Sunday afternoon about four fifteen in Cleveland, uh, would you say? Dreams can come true. <laughs> yeah, literally. Dreams literally can come true, and I just lived one. And, you know, like I said, it was a dream before I even got the fumble. It was like it was already a dream. Um, so to get the victory and the fumble, to you know, uh, to make a big play, man, it was wow. It was a wild moment for me, and it was one of the best moments of my life. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, they have what you need to win. Jets fans in New Jersey, sign up today and use promo code XJETS. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. 
you will receive a $50 free bet and a $50 casino bonus. Again, the promo code is XJETS. Offer subject to change, offer only available in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to participate. Please visit winbet.com to view welcome offers available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. You're watching or listening to the official Jets podcast. Eric Allen here in studio, joined by my partner in crime, Bart Scott. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Bart Scott, with a minute 55 left in last Sunday's game, the Jets trailed the Cleveland Browns by the count of 30-17. to How much of a chance would you have given them at that point? Well, I would probably give them the same chance that, you know, all the odd makers had, right? They had a 99% chance of losing the game. Um, it kind of goes back and tell you how important it is to make sure you do all things correct. If you look at Sunday as a, as a whole, you look at what happened across the NFL, teams that seemingly were out of it continue to continue fighting, and you may only have a 1% chance. But 1% chance is 1%, and that's still a chance. And I think the Jets showed a lot of grit, and it showed that they were prepared for the situation. You talk about going into that onside kick, and yes, it had to be a perfect storm. But every once in a while, there are perfect storms. You talk about, you know, great man coming out with a unique onside kick. You can tell they had practiced it. You tell you can tell the guys were locked in on Saturday and Friday where you go over the special situations. And, you know, they, they executed, and they gave themselves a chance. But even with giving themselves a chance, they still had to go down and score a touchdown and move the ball. And I thought Joe Flacco really represented himself and lived up to the nickname, Joe Cool. He didn't panic. He didn't get overexcited, overzealous. You know, he, he, he went back to a, a guy, a kid, who had dropped a third down, pivotal third down pass. And I think the, the greatest thing that came out of this game, EA, is that we had a number one receiver. Oh, yeah. It's not Terry Davis. It's not Elijah Moore. It's Garrett Wilson. And I think he's going to be the table setter, not since Brandon Marshall, not since Antonio Holmes, which his game reminds me a lot of Santonio Holmes because he's a slight build guy, but he has a, a huge catch radius. He's able to take short passes. And, and take him for, for, for big yards with his quickness and his dynamic route running. But he's also able to get, to get vertical. And that's something that Santonio Holmes did, did at a high level. And I haven't seen a receiver do that his size since Santonio Holmes. Man, long term, if you're watching the Jets right now, obviously Cool Joe's taking care of business with the aforementioned Garrett Wilson. But you got to be excited about the potential of Wilson to Wilson. That is Zach Wilson with the number one in Garrett Wilson. The guy's releases off the line of scrimmage on that first touchdown, his first professional touchdown, was sick, Bart. And what he can do after the catch, it's really something. And when you're looking at this Jets offense right now, you got to like the potential of this being a dynamic unit because there are a lot of playmakers there for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I think Brees Hall kind of had a great bounce back game. He showed you everything that the scouts said about him as far as his ability with his 4-3 speed, being able to run behind his pads. You talk about, you know, going out, you know, people would say, oh, well, you know, he caught an easy wide open catch, you know, down on the goal line. You know, sometimes routine ain't always routine. We see guys have concentration drops all the time. You know, he really bounced back. And I thought this team, whether they were going to come back and win that crazy game or not, 
I thought they they really you know had a great showing of themselves. Yes, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb, mm. and he's a great runner. And it's a lot to be learned when you're trying to be on a string as far as having stout rush defense. But to hold him to 87 yards is still, uh, I think, is is a mild victory. It's not a great victory because you want to hold him to like 40. But Kareem Hunt, you know, at 58 yards, and you know they're, they're a dynamic duel. They're a dynamic duel that ran for 250 plus yards the week before. I thought they were disciplined. I thought they were physical. And I thought they gave themselves a chance to win. And whether, you know, the craziness happened that only happens 1% of the time or not, I thought that it was something to be proud of. But now, now Salah has his team right where he wants them. They're able to make mistakes, have coachable uh, moments and teachable film, but they got the victory. So, like, all the things that they did bad, they can handle those in in, in, in private opposed to having to legis- legislate it and talk about it and defend it out in the public, they can work on what they have to work on. There was plenty of things that they can improve on, but I think the offensive line, you know, got better. You know, that was a tough outfit. Miles Garrett is a beast. You know, I mean, he should be the front runner for defense player of the year now that TJ Watt is out. And they made mistakes and he made plays. But when it came down to it, when it came down to winning time, he was nowhere to be seen. And people can say whatever they want to say about David Clowney going out. It doesn't matter. They were able to keep one of the most dynamic pass rushers away from having a moment when it was the table was set for him to be the hero. All right, we're sensing a pattern here. On Mondays, Robert Sala really sets the tone for his team and his organization. Remember going back to last Monday after the Ravens loss, he said he's keeping receipts and I believe was sending a message to his locker room by saying, I got your back now today. Moments ago, as we start the week, as we start the week, you know what he said? It's time to move on. It was jubilant. It was exciting. It was a great win, but it's time to move on. How much do you think that has to resonate for these young Jets? I mean, you know what I mean? Attitude reflect leadership and the fact that he said he gave a Monday off for a reason. Not that they've earned um, victory Mondays. I mean, you know, you, you normally don't get victory Mondays out so early in the season because there's so many corrections to be made. But he gave them that one because he wants their undivided attention when they come in Wednesday. They don't want them walking around pounding their chest, having fun and enjoying themselves and, you know, doing a victory lap. Now it's time to get back to business. And I think, you know, you set the tone because now they have a very winnable game. When mm-hmm. we first saw this game on the schedule, we were like, oh, man, you know, <laughs> you know the defending AFC, you know, champions, you know, went to the Super Bowl. But they're vulnerable and it's blood in the water. And right now we need you to not, you know, just just kind of rest and, and get all the pats on the back. We need you hungry for another one, you know, to come out in front of your home, your home crowd and give them what they deserve. And that's a great performance. And that's an opportunity to go two and one within the division. And listen, we can say, hey, we have a real legitimate opportunity to go three and one in the AFC North. Now, if we would have said that week one, people would have laughed at us. But now it's a reality. So let them laugh now. Let us talk about the receipts. But if we go three and one, we put ourselves in position to play meaningful football in November and December. That's all you can ask for. You know what I mean? And everybody's kind of getting experience. They're coming along and it's a lot of work to be done. But all you have to do is be just slightly a little bit better than your opponent. And right now, you know, teams that have a lot of problems. And as long as we stick together, be positive and, and, and be you know responsible as far as holding each other accountable. Who's to say that you can't be three and one? 
Man, that will be something. But well, they got to take care of business first at MetLife. You just ta- you just talked about the Bengals, a wounded tiger. Okay, zero two. Joe Burrow's been sacked thirteen times in two games. Mm-hmm. I was reading some of the reaction from their locker room after their latest loss, of course, to the Dallas Cowboys, and Jamar Chase said, "Hey, listen, teams aren't lining up against us and playing a cover two shell." We have mm-hmm. we have to run against that, and obviously Burrow has not been getting the time he needs to get the ball to his receivers down the field. He's also a patient quarterback. I just think it's a fascinating matchup because what we saw early on from the Jets, these first two opponents, is a lot of eight men in the box. Um, yeah. Where you put Whitehead in the box, you have Lamarcus Joyner back. Everything is determined upon, uh, uh, by the opponent. What will the Jets' defensive game plan be against a Bengals offense that has struggled early in the season? I mean, listen, the Bengals are victims of their own success, right? What happens is when you go to the Super Bowl and represent the AFC, teams and defensive coordinators are going to make you the, their focus, right? They're going to see, okay, how do we stop these guys? How do they, you know, what do they struggle with? You talk about the patience of a quarterback. We watched Patrick Mahomes struggle with this early on in the season last yep. year. And then what they decided to do because teams were playing them the same way that Tampa played them, not giving them any explosive plays, understanding that the offensive line may be improved, but it's still an offensive line that is young and still trying to get their chemistry together. And what happens is if you force Joe Burrow to hold on to the ball, all it takes is one holding penalty, one procedure problem, right? And you're able to double these receivers, you know, down the field because they're putting three out, but you got seven in coverage. And what they're going to do is, and how I expect the the Bengals to try and attack the Jets' defense, is I expect them to really do a lot of runs, but also screen game. Mm. The Jets really struggled in the screen game, and the screen game can come to Hunter to Hayden Hurst, you know, the, the, their dynamic uh, tight end. It can come in Joe Mixon. And so they're going to have to have their antennas up, antennas up because you know, they were jacked up on Mountain Dew, and they didn't have really good eyes when it came to being able to locate some of the screens uh, and that's what Cleveland really hurt them with early on. So you have to self-scout. Then you have to say, listen, we have the personnel to play cover two, cover four, let everything get thrown up in front of us and then rally to it and see if they can be patient. And then on the flip side, if we can get ahead, you know, against this Bengals defense, let's see if we can force them to kind of panic. And if they panic, mistakes happen, and we have playmakers in the back end that can make the plays. But you got to make sure that you keep somebody over Jamar Chase. So then how do you attack cover two? Hayden Hurst. Mm. So now that's a good matchup for us because we have athletic linebackers in Kawan Alexander. We have athletic linebackers in C.J. Mosley that can make it difficult for those, for, you know, for him to be featured. But you still got to keep your eyes on Joe Mixon because last year when they had success because Joe Mixon was one of the best players on the field. Jamar Chase, you just mentioned him. Man, dynamic talent. Joe Burrow's favorite weapon. Those guys have a great synergy. You said – you're going to put a safety over the top. Which cornerback would you like to use more on Chase? Uh, because Sauce Gardner, big dude in his own right. Then you got the feisty yeah. DJ Reed on the other side. What Do, do you want to match at all with him? Well, well, a lot of times what you don't want to do, we, we saw the Ravens struggle with it last year. Um, you, Marlon Humphreys is a six-foot, very physical, very big corner, a lot bigger than Sauce. And he tried to, to overpower Jamar Chase, and it worked you know, against them because he's physical enough if you try and jam and get up in his space that he's physical enough to throw you off. Much like guys like Brandon Marshall did, he's a big guy, Mm. strong guy, powerful guy, and he still has long speed. 
So I want I want a guy that's going to mirror him, but I'm, I'm going to try and get a jam and a reroute, but I'm not leaving anybody alone with him, period. Right. right. Not without safety help, not with some type of bracket system. And we're going to have a we're going to have a plan about how we have to get him down. Right. I'm not going at his legs. I'm making sure I, I wrap cloth and I, I get a good squeeze and I make sure. But I have no problems with any corner being locked up with him. But he's never going to be by himself. I give him that much respect. What he did as a rookie, you know, garners a warrants that you give him that type of respect as a upper echelon to top 10. I know they didn't put him in top 10 in the ratings and in, in, in the ratings. You know, this all season, but he's very deserving to be one of those guys. He's that talented. John Franklin Myers, I asked him about where the defense has to improve. He said the defensive line is getting close yeah. to the quarterback, but they're not finishing. Do you look at this game with those struggles up front that we've noted with the Bengals and the propensity of Burrow to hold on to the ball? Is this is a prime opportunity for the defensive line to feast? Well, listen, you have to you have to force him to hold on to the ball and you have to be tied to your back end because understand, like they're going to make the necessary adjustments. You know, you don't have a guy like Jamar Chase or a guy like Joe Burrow, you know, kind of basically point the finger at his offensive coordinator and his coach and saying, hey, we got to find a way to beat this. Right. Mm. So you have to understand now maybe the ball is going to come out quick. Mm. So now you got to understand you may not get to Jamar, you might not get to Joe Burrow so quickly, but now you got to say, okay. I'm going to make sure that I'm able to get my hands up and tip balls because tip balls change games as well. Because when you tip the ball up, only the attendant receiver is kind of looking at it, but you have 11 guys on the other side as an opportunity to get a tip ball and get a big you know, change of um, a possession type of play. So understand that if that's the case, they're going to try and go and take what the team gives them. And really, if I'm one of these linebackers and I hear those statements by Jamar Chase, we got to learn how to attack cover too. That's speaking directly to your linebackers. Because that, that speaks to high lows, right? The same thing that the Jets did with Garrett Wilson, right? Garrett Wilson, the the the, the, the game-winning throw mm. was basically covered two and a yeah. guy in a curl window. They put a guy in front of him and ran and ran and ran, you know, Garrett behind him, high load the safety and high load the, the curl window guy. And that's how they took advantage. So understand that the middle of the field is what's going to get attacked when teams are trying to attack cover two. So if I'm the linebackers, I'm going to make sure I get extreme depth. I'm going to make sure that I'm prepared to be attacked. And we have linebackers. That's the strength of our of our defense, I believe, the the, the veteran leadership of C.J. Mosley and also the experience of Kwan Alexander that, you know, you can understand that you can get some you can get some opportunities. You're going to get opportunities because they're going to come at you first and hope that they can attack you in the middle. And then they have to put more resources for you, like going to cover three which turns into basically cover one, and then now they can feast a famine because they got the one-on-ones that they've been looking for on the outside. Man, I love it. Uh, the Jets were eaten Sunday in Cleveland offensively, 31 points against a defense that is, I would say, top half in the National Football League, especially when you're talking yeah. when you're talking about the two guys they have on the edges and they got one of the premier cornerbacks in Donzel Ward. But let's fast forward to the matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Sound defensive unit who I thought caught lightning in a bottle in the postseason last year. What have you yeah. seen from the Bengals here early in the season and how might the Jets take advantage of them? I mean, they have two of the most premier safeties in a game. When you think about when you think about Bates and Von Bell, right? Yeah. But also, you know, you talk about Trey Henderson. Everybody wants to talk about Miles Garrett, and you want to talk about Chandler Jones. When you go over the last three years, I think he's third as far as most sacks in the NFL in the last three years. 
So you, you can't let him wreck the game. And then, of course, Hubbard is kind of like their, their, their elder statesman, right? He's been there the longest. He's a guy that's a big, long guy, kind of like Brett Kiesel playing on the outside. They're going to set those edges and force you to kind of try and be patient, you know, much like the Jets are. You know, Trey Henderson is a relentless pass rusher. Hubbard is more of a power guy that's going to try and set the edges, get his hands up. You know, they drop him in coverage. He's more athletic than you would think. You know, he's dropped a couple of interceptions. They hit his hands. Um, so I, if I'm going to attack them, it's, it's, it all starts always with being able to run the ball and being mm-hmm. able to get Joe Flacco in, 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 in downs in which you don't know if it's going to be play action or pass, you know, after the first first down. So, you know, sometimes you might have to slip in if they're overplaying you and, and playing for the run. You might have to loosen them up with some throws on first down. But, you know, it's certain passes, whether screens, whether it's um, bubble screens or, or some type of slants, those are just extensions of the run game, right? So you have to make sure that you went on first down so that you can give yourself an opportunity to have, you know, diversity in your attack after that down. Yeah, the Jets really took advantage of the uh, Bengals last year using their backs out of the backfield in the receiving game. And I'll tell you what, while Garrett Wilson is rightfully getting the headlines, as is Brees Hall, Michael Carter's been fantastic out of the gate in these first two games. Let's end here. Your former teammate who was sitting here in studio with us just a couple weeks ago, Joe Flacco, will get his third consecutive start. What have you thought of him? And also, what do you think about what's going through his mind right now? Because he might be handing that baton over to Zach Wilson next week. We don't know yet. Robert Sala said the earliest Wilson could return is week four against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, I don't want to look too far into the future. But just as far as Flacco coming in, Leading the Jets to a victory, uh, four touchdown passes against the Browns, and now he'll face another former divisional opponent, of course, in the Bengals. Well, if he well if he keeps this up, he can Joe can say mission complete. I came here to prove that I still can be a starter in this league, that I still have value, that I still can win football games, that I that I still have a live arm, and. If he continues to play this way, and even if you hand it off to Zach Wilson, because he is the future of the Jets organization, and his development is really the the most important thing because you have to know if you have a franchise quarterback. But Joe Flacco understands that he can be a bridge. I mean, if you look right up the road, you know, with the Giants, you understand that, you know, Danny Dimes may or may not be there next year. You know that, okay, in Carolina, they're, they're still searching for an answer, right? So Joe Flacco, if he continues to play this way, then he's made it. Then he's made a case that he should be one of those starters, or he should get an opportunity to compete for a starting job. And that's all that you can ask for if you're Joe Flacco: an opportunity to have an opportunity. A good stuff is always Mad Backer. Next week, since we'll be three weeks in to the 2022 NFL season. We're going to take a look not only at the Jets, but around the league to see what your thoughts are, what's happening elsewhere. I think two games is too small of a sample size, but three, three, we can take a look. And we'll also try to get you back here in studio. Uh, Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. Give us a like on the YouTube. For Bart Scott, I'm Eric Allen. It's like I'm come find you, believe that. What's that? If they give us a bad mark or thumbs down, tell them I'll come find them. No IP address. I don't even know if they allow that anymore, the thumbs down. Just give us a like, subscribe, rate, review.
and, and give the backers some nice messages.